Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 146th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> Try to keep it together, Kyle. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Cameron, I'm doing great, uh, for the most part, except for one thing that's just really hindering my well-being right now. Oh, no. Uh, you ever had a canker sore before? Oh, sure. Oh, just yeah. right here on my lip, mm. and I can't eat, can't talk. Gonna have some, to start doing. Drink some chamomile. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know what in the down, world write that, that is. Okay, write that that's tea. Tea. Oh, okay, well that's not worth it because I hate tea. <laughs> um, just I thought I was gonna have to switch to like sign language, you know, halfway through this episode, just in case I can't go on any any further. But we'll see if I can make it. Hopefully, you can persevere. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. No Thanks. canker sores. No, none whatsoever. Good. Yeah. I had a headache earlier, but solved that with some coffee mm, and water. That'll do it. And ibuprofen. I just threw threw the bag at it. Ibuprofen is like a miracle. Yes. From God. Or science. Either. Both. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Coach Drinkwitz is on a roll. I mean, when is he not on a roll? But great things are happening with the football program. There's a little bit of action on the basketball side of recruiting we'll touch on. Before we do any of that, though, we're up to all, we're closing in on 200 YouTube subscribers. We're at 186 as of me saying this. Bunch of new YouTube subscribers. We appreciate all of you. We appreciate all of you who have been here since the beginning. Um, we appreciate you if you just subscribed and don't actually watch us on YouTube. All of you are very much appreciated. And don't forget, you can support the podcast directly by heading on over to patreon.com slash Missouri sports pod. You can pick tiers that correspond with different uh, support levels and those grant you exclusive access to us and the podcast. And one of them includes merch. So check that out. Patreon.com slash Missouri sports pod. And one last time, just thank you everyone who has been watching and listening. It's a lot of fun and we're gonna have some more fun this week. I think we'll start it off, Kyle, with a little bit of basketball news. We know everybody wants to hear about the new football commits, but let's just touch on a few things basketball-related. Mizzou has had a couple um, visitors on unofficial visits lately. The big name, of course, is Mark Mitchell, uh, five-star forward um, from the state of Kansas, but he and he's going to be, uh, I think, playing his senior year at Sunrise Christian. So. Um, that's familiar to Mizzou fans. Uh, Trey Jackson went there. A lot of high-profile high school basketball players come out of that institution. Um, he also visited Kansas like a couple days later. So it was like the same exact photos basically of him <laughs> in a Mizzou uniform and then a few days later in a Kansas uniform. So obviously a long way to go with his recruitment, but always great to see a five-star guy getting a visit, coming to Columbia, seeing him in the Mizzou jersey that's always fun also 2023 forward Jalen Hooks was on campus visiting with the staff took some pictures he's a four-star forward in the 2023 class so that's all exciting not from Michigan by any chance is he (laughs) you know let me look I don't think he is he's from Indianapolis Indiana okay we we still have a chance then yeah (laughs) um 
also on the basketball side of things, Conzo Martin recently said that he, they're not done recruiting. Yeah, they did an interview today, and he kind of talked about some of the newcomers and said some good things about um, some of the freshmen. Yaya Kita had good things to say about him. Uh, also said Yaya Kita shooting a three ball pretty mm. well, which was okay. He also he seemed to say that about Tillman like every offseason. We were True. like, I'm not sure if I want Tillman to shoot the three. Yeah. So we'll see about that. But good things to say about, about a lot of the guys. And, um, yeah, one thing he did say is uh, they are not done recruiting for this class. And, I mean, there can't be too many guys out there that would, that would probably fit what they're looking for. Um, uh, Trey Mitchell was a guy, yes. former teammate of Ronnie DeGray, yep. that I was super interested in. I mean, it made sense to me. Um, that's not happening, obviously. He I don't went think, to Texas. Yeah, Missouri was not really no. ever in the mix there, unfortunately. So. Uh, one name that very speculatively I would keep an eye on um, that we've kind of heard some rumblings about is Elijah Childs, and he is a 6'8", 230-pound th- forward from Bradley. And he is in the transfer portal. Um, he's from Kansas City, and he averaged over 14 points and eight rebounds a game. Low volume, but still shot 36% from three. So pretty much fits exactly what we'd be looking for as a you know, high high scoring, high rebounding forward. I mean, that's pretty much fills a gaping hole that Mizzou, Mizzou is probably still looking for. Yeah. Um, I think there is some. Uh, some charges against him potentially that off not, the court stuff he's some off the court could be uh, in the way issues that are pending at this time um don't know what's going to happen with that so it's you know a week from now we might be talking about alleged childs being a addition to mizzou we might never hear about him ever again so just a name to to keep an eye on potentially yeah there's some legal proceedings that need to unfold first i think before he goes anywhere to play basketball yep so hopefully whatever happens there whatever needs to happen there happens uh, if he is free to play basketball next year, I wouldn't <laughs> mind it being at Missouri. For sure. Um, okay, yeah, that's all for basketball, I think. Let's, well, one thing I wanted to mention on basketball, we've been seeing some videos come out of like the new additions to the team you know, being in Columbia and practicing and working out, spending time together. And it's insane how many new faces there are. I mean, <laughs> we all know it. But when you actually see them interacting with each other and you're like, okay, these are all completely different team, new players. I mean, we had, at least I had gotten so used to, you know, Xavier Pinson, Mark Smith, Drew Smith, Tillman, Mitchell Smith. Like these guys had, even the ones that hadn't been there that long, they were just like, you know, staples. You just picture the team. You're picturing all those guys. And for the only guys returning to be, Javon Pickett, Kobe Brown, and Jordan Wilmore, and everybody else is new. It's just so bizarre to watch when you see these videos of them um, working out or interacting together. And I have to like, I want to like pause the Instagram videos and be like, okay, wait, okay, do I know who all these people are? Okay, I know that who that is, who that is. It's kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah, it really is. It's gonna be. I think I say this every time we ever talk about it, but I just can't wait to see how it all unfolds with. With minutes and yeah. who's who's starting and who's who's going to be scoring and all that stuff rotations yep. i mean conzo martin's rotations are tough to figure out when you know all the players returning yeah so with a brand new group it'll be we're likely to see a lot of different uh starting lineups and rotation maybe not starting lineups but the way minutes get doled out yep. will be interesting 
All right, time to switch over to football. That's what everybody's here for, probably. Um, one quick note I wanted to mention, uh, hashtag Mizzou made. EJ Gaines was on the list of uh, Bears tryout uh, that I saw on Twitter. So that's pretty cool. One of the best cornerback. I'm just going to say it. One of the best cornerbacks in Missouri history. Uh, he had a stint in the NFL, actually, with the Rams early on. Yeah, he was pretty good before he had some injury issues. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he makes the team with the Bears. Now on to Mizzou stuff. I suppose we will start out with some 2022 action. Um, perhaps these two events are tied to each other a little bit. Um, Toriano Pride, who one of the top players in the state of Missouri, has been long considered a Clemson lean. He is going to announce where he's attending college tomorrow. Yep. And, of course, he's fresh off a Clemson visit. Uh, I just don't see any way this isn't a Clemson uh, commitment tomorrow. And we'll just see where this recruitment goes over time, but don't really see him going anywhere else at this point. I'm, now, a couple episodes ago, I put, had you like put a percentage on you, the chances that he would end up at Mizzou. Yeah. Do you remember what you said? Uh, hopefully. I know I didn't say anything over, like, 40%, but... Okay. Uh, at least I hope I didn't, but it was probably around 35, 40%. But just because I knew that Missouri was, was in it and, but it, you know, I knew that we had to still get through a Clemson visit right? and that was, that was a big thing. He might commit on the visit. He might commit shortly after. And once I heard that he make was, his decision, it seems like he made his decision on the visit and yeah. Yeah. So. But Missouri, I don't want to call it a plan B, but Missouri didn't, you know, just roll over and die with the, uh, you know, defensive backfield prospects for 2022. They went and hosted Marcus Scott Jr. Uh, Marcus Scott the second. How would I got it? I have it as Marcus <laughs> Scott two. I guess you can just say Jr. Right? I would think that those are the same. Yeah. Marcus Scott, uh, cornerback out of Conroe, Texas. He was previously an LSU commit, and now he is a Missouri Tiger commit. Yeah, you don't see this very often. Uh, first of all, you don't see guys flipping in June all that often, and you don't see guys going from LSU to Mizzou very often either. Uh, but Marcus Scott Jr. is a six foot two, one hundred and seventy pound cornerback. So, um, and yeah, I think you could very well have a point that these these events that Marcus Scott commitment, Toriano Pride announcing, might be connected. It could be uh, that Mizzou's staff has known for a little while that Toriano Pride is probably not coming, um, so maybe they looked for uh, another option. Um, Honestly, I'm going to be flat-out honest. I have no idea how they knew they had a shot at a guy who was committed to LSU. I'll just put that out there. I have no clue um, if uh, maybe Marcus felt like his his spot wasn't, uh, wasn't for sure in the long term there at LSU. Don't know if he just had a change of heart. I have I don't know, but I'm, I'm glad they made that connection. Yeah, 24-7 Sports has his other offers as Houston, Texas Tech, and UNLV. So, interesting. The LSU offer does stand out among those other offers. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. But I, it's he's, still exciting. Yeah, he's, um, he's no scrub, though. I mean, no. he's a four-star cornerback and um, watched his film. He's a great athlete really high points the ball makes plays on the ball um it's explosive another tall long-armed 
defensive back. Yeah, we're. I mean, that's a theme we're going to talk about with with these cornerbacks. Is they are all over, you know, six one, six two, and that's not. That's definitely kind of a new trend for cornerbacks that we've seen in the last few years. Just kind of these tall, rangy guys. So that's definitely that he he fits the bill there. It seems like uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but it seems like defenses kind of had to catch up to the height of wide receivers. It's like especially in the SEC, and we saw it like specifically with Mizzou, where you know that one season with DGB and uh, Ladamian Washington and Jimmy Hunt and some of those guys were like tall, long-armed wide receivers that could go up and get the ball. You know, Missouri was like one of the top schools in the country as far as like average height for receivers. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing the graphic. They would show like DGB next to a 5'10 defensive back. And like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just throw it up to him every time? Yeah. And I feel like defenses are, you know, starting to realize height and length is such an asset right as at long, the defensive back position as long as you're not foregoing you know agility and quickness with longer legs i don't see why you wouldn't want a a longer cornerback that can hang in there with those bigger wide receivers okay so speaking of cornerbacks are we ready for this missouri had an exodus of cornerbacks like two weeks ago that we talked about two or three weeks ago and we mentioned the fact that they might be ready to just restock immediately with two guys, two teammates from Tulsa, both originally from Texas, had a relationship with uh, Mizzou's cornerbacks coach. And sure enough, uh, Mizzou landed a Caleb Evans and Allie Green the fourth. <laughs> it is funny. Uh, I th- yeah, two weeks ago, maybe you asked me, um, not publicly, but it, are Mizzou's coaches worried about secondary depth? And I said, probably yes. I think they're worried. and But we'll see how things shake out in the next couple of weeks because we knew both of those guys were in the transfer portal. We knew their connection to Coach Fletcher. Uh, so I said, ask me in a couple of weeks, and, and we'll, we'll give you another answer probably. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a completely different situation now than it was two weeks ago, which is in, insane to think how different that room is now um, than it was then. But, uh yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go into uh, talking about these guys a little bit and just the tremendous additions these guys are for a season that starts two or three months from now. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, 2021 guys, immediately eligible, just going to probably Plug and play. Yeah, walk in and get lots of playing time. Yep, and you're definitely pitching that to them, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they're going to probably get that anywhere they go. Um, but we'll start with a, a Caleb Evans. And this guy was kind of the big name. I mean, he was one of the biggest transfer names out there, especially recently. Uh, but he's 6'2", 200, and he, he tweeted today specifically. He's, yeah. he's 200 pounds. Because you know? <laughs> I, I, I think he's he been listed as 188 right. in a couple different he spots. He hasn't been so. 188 for a while, he yeah. said. So he's, two, he's 200 pounds, and uh, he's got two years of eligibility. I don't know if he's going to use both of those years because he's already getting NFL looks. So um, very possible if he has a strong season, he's uh, he's – onto the nfl and that's probably fine with us but Mm -hmm. if he wants to come back for two years that's that's perfectly fine too but uh, another option for maybe that second year is and i'm just throwing this out there is he has some had some injury issues in the past i don't know that he's played a full season um he 2018 and 2019 both he missed um, some pretty significant time with injuries and then in 2020 i think he played about nine games so um just something to keep in mind uh it seems typically is just kind of a freak thing but who knows um 
this guy just has had incredible statistics like he's not really what you think of he's not he's not gonna get a ton of interceptions he's not gonna make a play in the ball every single time but he's just a shut down corner and uh according to uh, pro football focus he gave up just 42 receptions in his 27 games uh 27 career games at tulsa and then against power five competition specifically in five games gave up seven completions for 45 yards so that's definitely something you love to see is you know a guy coming from tulsa can he compete at the next level um in in limited fashion but definitely held up really well against power five competition and he's gonna go he's he's going up against all those teams number one receiver mm-hmm. i mean they're not putting anybody else for sure on them and you know it's the what is it, aac or whatever that yeah. tulsa's in i mean they're that's known as a pretty uh high volume passing conference so they've they've got some good passing offenses that are in that conference it's not it's not like it's fcs or something they'll get a team in the new 12 team playoff yeah eventually they probably will um but yeah i mean he just has everything you you want to see good length quickness takes good angles um and then yeah i mean what's funny and ironic about the situation and like his play style and him just kind of being a shutdown guy it reminds me a lot of ennis rakestraw i think both of those guys are similar in the way that they are just going to annoy you they're going to be they're going to shadow you they're going to be all over you they're going to play clean and they may not like get a whole lot of turnovers but they are just going to uh make every single pass difficult and uh it's kind of like it doesn't really show up in stat book it's uh you almost kind of forget about ennis rakestraw when mm-hmm. you're watching games sometimes but for a defender that's it's probably a good thing a cornerback right, right. it's probably a good thing that you don't hear about him a lot so i i just i love this um addition i obviously that's that's immediate impact yeah that was a i mean he was a huge wish list item i mean once that once the rumbling started it was like man i'm gonna be disappointed if this doesn't come to fruition for because sure. this seems just perfect to fill in for the departures missouri had um i'm looking at his 24 7 sports profile from as a high school recruit and I'm kind of blown away by his progression in his time at Tulsa. And uh, fingers crossed, hopefully we can attribute some of that to uh, Coach Fletcher. Yeah. Because Evans, out of high school, 24-7 Sports actually liked him better than other recruiting services. They had him as a three-star player, but the 24-7 Sports composite is a two-star player. Uh, as, as far as all the players in the nation for his class... He was in the 2000s so it's just so it's such a cool story when a guy like that who his offers tulsa was his only no tulsa kansas and iowa state were his only offers his only like um you know major offers mm-hmm. out of high school yeah yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week a little bit. I we we always think about how the recruiting services have so many people to analyze and evaluate, and it's easy for guys to slip through the cracks. It's easy, probably, for those guys. Human nature, you want to see what kind of offers they have, and when you see they're going to Tulsa, you're probably just assuming they're a three star at best. And um, yeah, I mean, and it's it's just early on in these guys' lives. Sometimes the guys just continue to develop and, and improve their skills, and that's clearly something that happened with Evans. Um, I noticed that he was from McKinney, Texas, and that just is so familiar. And maybe there's a listener out here who remembers better than me, but um, the only person I'm seeing on Missouri's roster, uh, well, actually, I've got uh, 
Jonathan Jones, a 2021 recruit, is also from McKinney, Texas. So you're going to credit John Jones with this uh, recruitment? Not exactly. <laughs> I just thought that that... Uh, Mario McKinney? That t- yeah. No, I don't think that's what I'm thinking of. But <laughs> um, I'm just so excited for this. And yeah. talk about an area of need. Yeah. I mean, there, there were a few spots coming into, like, during this offseason that were question marks. And we talked about it. And you alluded to it, like... There was cause for concern with all those departures, but Coach Drinkwitz just once again faced with a different kind of challenge, just hit a home run. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, to think of the caliber of player um, that left the program, those two guys. I mean, obviously both of those guys could easily probably play anywhere. Jarvis Ware absolutely an nfl uh, prospect potentially at some point with his athleticism uh so not only yeah it was the, with the cupboard bear just numbered wi- numbers wise but we were losing some really really great players and some difference makers potentially uh but i would almost project that we may have somehow upgraded that room even if we um for, with a- caleb evans and Allie green um with this 2021 season, we may have actually somehow found a way to upgrade uh, two months away from the season. So yeah, I mean, the only thing that could be a drawback now is just familiarity with the yep. the program and scheme and the coaches. Yeah, and, and that's definitely something that I like to caution with football and basketball. And that's something we'll talk a lot about with basketball as we get closer to the season. Is your expectations for these players? I mean, these guys in particular, Caleb Evans and Allie Green, may be a little bit different because they're going to play under the same coach they played under at Tulsa maybe some of those fundamental type things that coaches want their players to play with with certain uh fundamentals and and that kind of stuff may be pretty consistent so hopefully they are able to find a little bit of of comfort and and familiarity and and make that transition easily but I wouldn't always expect a transfer to come in and just immediately uh, make an impact well we've seen that in recent years I mean there's been some hyped transfers that it just didn't work out at Mizzou I mean, or it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But what springs to mind immediately is like, um, Sean Robinson. Mm-hmm. And now talk about taking time. I mean, now he is a defensive back along with these guys, but, um, even, uh, Damon Hazleton, you know, mm-hmm. that was, I would say his one season with Missouri is not exactly what people thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think you can chalk some of that up to just, you know his third program Mm -hmm. and you know new playbook new coaches new quarterback it just it doesn't always fit like a glove Mm -hmm. and And it's not necessarily any one player's fault it just doesn't right the pieces don't really fit yeah and a perfect example i think of a guy that started off slow and ended up having a great year was kiki chisholm Mm -hmm. and that's why i think he's poised for a huge year next year but we're getting off topic but (laughs) you get the point it can sometimes take a little bit of time for guys to warm up but I think both of these guys are, are going to be great. Uh, we've already mentioned Allie Green a couple times, but uh, he was the second Tulsa transfer to commit to Mizzou this week, and he is 6'3", 205. Um, again, same thing, had some of his best games at Tulsa against uh, Power 5 competition. He had season-high seven tackles and a pass breakup against Michigan State and Oklahoma State both uh, this past year. And he had another. He had an offer from Arkansas, and it, it sounded like it came down to Missouri and Texas Tech as the two schools he was considering. I think he's from Texas as well. Yep. Um, 
he tweeted out his offer from Missouri literally like an hour within uh, of Evans committing mm-hmm. um, a few days ago. Sounds like he had a few academic uh, issues he had to shore up just with transfer credits and stuff like that. So he wasn't able to announce uh, as immediately as he wanted to. But sure. I don't think anything really changed there. Worth mentioning real quick with Evans. Uh, Mizzou did beat out uh, as far as teams that were in his top five. Um, Texas, Notre Dame, and Texas Tech. Um, and so it is interesting, Allie Green, you know, it sounds like Missouri was um, kind of neck and neck for a little bit with Texas Tech. So instead of Texas Tech getting the package deal, uh, Tulsa transfers, it's Mizzou, and oh, feels good. What's your favorite package deal of Mizzou history? <laughs> Mizzou package deal. <laughs> uh, it's well, it's obviously Michael Porter Jr. and Jonte Porter, and I feel like that's the only package deal that's that the only has one actually. I can think of. That's the only one that's actually happened. Um, I feel like the most infamous one is the uh, EJ Liddell Mario McKinney package deal. That was never going to happen. Yeah, that didn't turn out so great. Yeah. Anyways, um, Allie Green is definitely. A little had had a little more consistency in his time at Tulsa. He had 41 starts uh, over his, I guess, three years there. Uh, 91 and a half tackles, six tackles for loss, 11 passes broken up, and an interception. So um, he he's physical. He's going to come up and, and play the run, and you know he'll he'll jam you. If he'll jam the, the wide receivers, he's very physical at the line of scrimmage. So a very experienced player. So I'm. Just can't wait to see it all. I'm ready. I'm ready for football season. I've been ready, but I'm super ready now. Sheesh. It's funny that uh, Tulsa's pass rush was awful last year. So these guys are used to having to cover guys for a long time. So hopefully that not will a bad thing. not be as much of an issue. Um, I know we our defensive line has been a little suspect at times in the last few years, to say the least. So, um, But with a little more continuity If we can give year, them something to work with, then it sounds like they can get the job done. It sounds like it. So let's should we take stock of the defensive backs on the roster now a little bit have you prepped anything like that because you might have to lead this because i mean (laughs) we've talked about these two guys and rake straw yeah i mean that seems like a yeah it can't should we be penciling in Allie green as like starter snaps i think so and the reason why is because i I think steve wilkes wants to run a a four two five and he's run that in the past in the nfl um, with the browns specifically but um I think they've got the personnel to be able to run a four-two-five because obviously, when you run that, that's four four defensive linemen, two linebackers, and five secondary players. So that's when you think about that, that's immediately a little bit suspect to the run or uh, vulnerable to the run, I should say, uh, potentially if your if your defensive linemen aren't getting the job done. But so are we talking about? one of those five is going to be kind of that hybrid safety linebacker position. Yeah. Or just like a cornerback in the like slot only, maybe mm-hmm. two cornerbacks on the outside, one in the slot or something and like that. Two and then two safeties. Yeah. That might be what they decide to do with it. Or yeah, kind of like a hybrid linebacker or something like that. But, um, and they can get pretty creative with that. But I, if I had to guess what it's going to look like, I think it's going to be rake straw and Evans on the outside uh green maybe in the slot and then uh, martez manuel is obviously a staple at Mm -hmm. strong safety but i i would think the the fifth guy here is probably the one i'm least sure about um and that's jalen carlise starting at free safety and i know he has he played cornerback last year as a true freshman and but um definitely has the body to play safety and he's he's switched to safety in the offseason 
and I think the coaches really like him there, and he just seems like a really good player that you want to just have on the field in some capacity. So th- I think that's why they moved into safety. So I, I think Sean that – Sean Robinson's out there too. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> I, I think that will be the five. Um, but I don't know. that. I mean, again, you can get creative with that. It may not be what they run every single play. Um, Jelani Williams is another guy that could end up playing free safety. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those two guys. So, yeah, I mean – it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting, man. So, uh, you may not have thought about this, but defensive line, linebackers, defensive secondary, mm-hmm. just rank them real quick. Uh, your confidence of them being able to hold their own through the SEC season. Honestly, um, you gotta put. St- <laughs> that is such a trick question because uh, think about what we lost in the secondary. You know, two guys that are in the nfl now think about that gaping hole that i mean how, how many snaps those guys have played for mizzou over the last two or three seasons uh, with bledsoe and, and gillespie mm-hmm. um it's really really tough for, for a lot of continuity that yes Missouri's it's, losing. yeah it's really really tough to replace that kind of continuity but i think i'm still just going to say the secondary is going to be the strongest unit just with the talent they have in that room um i i think they're going to be really good um I mean, Devin Nicholson's kind of a staple at, at linebacker. I think he's going to be really good, but there's a little bit up in the air. Who's going to play that other linebacker spot? Could be Chad Bailey. Um, don't know for sure, but I think just because of the continuity that we have on the defensive line, I'll probably say that's second and linebacker's third. But defensive line could be interesting too. I mean, we, we have some, some new guys, some younger guys, but obviously Jeff Coat is great, and you have some returning seniors that have been in the program for it feels like 85 years chris turner i feel mm-hmm. like he's got he's got to be 30 years old <laughs> at this point but um yeah i mean it's it's an exciting mix of, of new talent and returning kind of consistency that is gonna be fun to watch new new uh, coaches new coordinator i love getting these early takes from you because i don't know you even surprise me sometimes like you know the roster way better than i do at this point in the off season. And I'm just like, all right, Kyle, like, tell me what's going to happen. And I, I don't know. It's just fun. And then a lot of times you're correct. So it's, I like it. I, uh, I, I've, my best take was Nick Bolton. So oh, yeah. if I can be, <laughs> if I can be even ha- half as right, take that to the bank every on time. That, <laughs> I'll live with it. Um, so how does this change your overall expectations for the full, the full squad, the full season? I, I see there's a lot of people getting pretty excited on the internet and there's a lot of there's a there's a bit of a hype train going on right now and I don't blame anybody but this is still year two for coach Drinkwitz this is still a lot of new staff this will be you know some major coaches first season mm-hmm. in Columbia um, Missouri is still young at many positions and you know, haven't been incredibly successful the last couple of seasons. Although I would argue last year was better than I would, I hoped for. Definitely. Well, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter as well, and I'm super, I'm right there with everybody that's, that's getting excited and getting hyped. Um, I think there is a pretty big difference between expectations and what can happen. And, uh, you know, when I think about my expectations, it's, probably a little bit lower i guess than what i've seen on twitter just 
because I've been a Missouri fan for a while. I see how these things go. There's a lot. There's a lot of talent in the SEC, and we. I there's so many players on Mizzou's team that I love, but you know every team has has a whole list of guys they love too, and a lot of great recruits that are in their program. Um, I definitely, you know, I expect Missouri to win at least seven, probably seven or eight games this year. Uh, does that mean that they can't go win nine or ten? Absolutely not. I think they're perfectly capable of that means they beat everybody they're supposed to beat they they won their toss-up games and they probably stole one from from georgia or florida if they're able to get to that 10 win mark and is that impossible like A&M. yeah a&m as well is that impossible of course not um is it what i'm expecting though definitely not right. and i think that's how you set yourself up for disapp- disappointment is if you come in thinking 10 wins or or nothing and i just i mean you, I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. You can do whatever you want, and if they win ten games, you can tell me you were right, and I'll be happy to 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 say you were. Yeah. But I just when I think of the word expectations, I think that really means what, like if it's less than this, I will be disappointed. Right. And yeah, I mean, I I feel like we've had versions of this conversation multiple times on this podcast where we know we kind of you have to temper expectations to some extent and i mean i can't really add much more that that you didn't already say but even looking at the non-conference schedule for missouri this season i mean central michigan boston college north texas yeah boston college will be a sticky game i think i i think people are are underrating the road, them in yeah. their mind a little bit and i feel like as mizzou fans we can probably it's easy to just get in this little bubble where Coach Drinkwitz is getting a lot of wins and there's a lot of good things happening with the program, but you know where there's also a lot of really good things happening? <laughs> Athens, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. They are pretty much all good news all the time, always getting all the best players. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I will absolutely say I think Coach Drinkwitz will take Missouri potentially to a place they have maybe never been before. I think the recruiting may already be there. Yeah. Um, but th- just give a little bit of time. And, you know, if it's three years from now and we still haven't had a 10-win season, then maybe I will be a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But for this upcoming season, yeah, I think you said it. There's it's still a lot of um, new coaches. They're, even Bazelak's still young. I think they're going to let him loose a little bit. But he's still young, and some of our best players are transfers or freshmen on the and offense. We lost a lot. Yeah, I mean, this, just look at the NFL draft. And that yeah. All those players, that all those NFL caliber players that Missouri lost yeah. and are going to try to replace. Yeah. That's not easy. Yep. And if I'm looking at the schedule, I'm just wanting to be in these games to the end. Yeah. I mean, no SEC game is a given. So just, you know, it, it's easy to, like, think back to, like, 2013 when Missouri just like handled everybody and then one and then did pick up those like two games that they didn't expect to win. And that's just, that doesn't happen very often at all. Yeah. There's think, a reason that was like the most special season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally fine with, with, with uh, saying Mizzou can get there. Not sure I'm ready to commit to that being my expectation yet. Right. Need, but, need a little bit more mo- momentum on the field, yeah. I think. So without getting too much into it, 
without really analyzing it my game by game, Mizzou goes six and six. Are you disappointed? Yes. I'd agree with you. I think six and six, I'm a little disappointed. Seven and five, I think that's I can live with it. Yeah. And anything above anything above seven and five, it's gravy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be ecstatic. Um, yeah, six and six would just be like, man, we're back, we're back here again. Yeah, we're doing this again. There is a little too much hype, I think, at, at, to you know, in six and six, that that means you lost probably all of your toss-up games, including the ones that you're supposed to lose as well. So, which is just kind of like, you you want to have at least one of those games where you you know you beat, um, or you want to have those seasons where you, you have at least one of those games where you win a game you're not you're not supposed to win, or you win all of those games against kentucky and south carolina and arkansas well and, and now we're getting too into it but kentucky game two i mean that's yeah that's that's a pretty fast sec start we're gonna know something right away yeah all right let's leave it at that got a lot of, lot of summer, time left a lot of episodes in we, the summer left <laughs> we cannot uh, be breaking down the schedule in too much detail this early i agree but the coaching staff is on a roll they're gonna keep it going yeah that that my expectations for off season stuff i mean be ex- uh, have high expectations for what coach drinkwitz can do yeah every single off season yeah because he's proven it yeah he's starting, in in, in yes. all different ways like mm-hmm. high school recruits transfers grad transfers i mean flipping guys he's got it figured out yeah so that aspect of it I think the sky's the limit. If the on-field, if the on-field performance in the next few years is anything like the recruiting game, holy cow! Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we are looking at new territory, like sustained, top-tier football being played. Yep. I wouldn't mind it. Me either. Got anything else for him this week? I think that's it. Producer Cameron, you got anything else for him? Nope. <laughs> All right, everybody. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or, uh, Google Podcasts, or on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.